0: Your partner in real estate. Kochetkov goes out, and the trapezoid to play it away, good play by Kochetkov. Keynes will clear, now Natchez, he's got Aho, streaking it on Riddick, and he's bothered just enough as that shot is sent high over the net of the Jets, great Fine. work done along the boards, and Burns trying to skate it out, he'll play it off the boards for Aho, two on one, Aho with Jesper Foss, back to Aho, right on it, Riddick with a big save, short-handed Sebastian Aho, and Jesper Foss playing a little ticket no. around the boards, now behind the net, Loose puck in the slot as Perfetti couldn't handle it. And now it's going to be a break coming the other way. It's Dubois and he scores! Pionk can't handle it. Svechnikov can. Now Back along the boards. And the score! And Slavin puts a shot through with net front in front of Riddick. And the Canes have got on the board with 4.48 left in the 3rd you He'll lose it. Ajo has it. Work back. Burns, one time, and score! Deflected out in front, the Canes, storming back, Svechnikov gets the blade to it, and Carolina has made it a 3-2 you know game. Connor will get to this, he'll try to get it to Gagne, he'll get it back to Connor, empty net, but Slavin plays goalie and knocks that drive away. Big save for Slavin, as he's done so many times in his career. Slavin, Jarvis, he'll get it to Ajo, now Natures Natures they score!
1: The Cane's Corner Podcast, with your host, Adam Gold. The Cane's Corner Podcast is a part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. And now, here's Adam. Gosh, that was awful. Absolutely horrific. Don't, don't be fooled, don't buy it. Be thankful that a point was extracted from it, but boy, was that bad tonight. It's Kane's Canes Corner Podcast. I am Adam Gold. Thank you very much for spending some time with us. We're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. No place like it. Sammy and screwed to a great job. You want to make your home more beautiful on the outside, more energy efficient on the inside. These are the people to get to, AluminumCompany.com. All right. You should be excited that the Hurricanes extracted a point out of it. Maybe the point they didn't get against Colorado that they really deserved, they deserved two points out of that game. Maybe this is the return for that because they deserved zero for this game. And it's not that they were dominated by uh, Winnipeg because I don't think they were. Carolina had the puck and they had some chances, especially early, but. You know, all four of Winnipeg's goals, all four of them were odd man rushes. Three of them were breakaways. What is that? That is terrible. That is disinterested at times. Like, I don't believe, I don't buy into the uh, they didn't play hard type of stuff. But when Rod looks at the tape, they're going to see all four goals that Carolina essentially capitulated. All four of them. Every single one. We're going to go through them real quick. Cool. You're not going to spend a ton of time on it. And we're not going to spend a ton of time on a game where Carolina didn't spend a ton of time uh, scoring. They did at the end. They scored four, three goals in about uh, four and a half minutes' time. Actually, less than that. But this was a terrible game that Carolina deserved nothing out of and got a point. So, be thankful for that. And if the Hurricanes, heaven forbid, win the division, although they're at, at this point it looks buried, if they win the division by a point, or if they uh, finish second and get home ice in the first round by a point, or if they make the playoffs by a point, and yeah, that's out there. Think about this game and go, my gosh, how lucky they are to be in the playoffs. This was not good tonight. All right, well uh we will talk about it. There was an old commercial back when I was uh, when I was an impressionable young man. And I'm still an impressionable man, just no longer young. And it was for King Cobra malt liquor. So Fred the Hammer Williamson was the guy Uh, who was the, uh, the spokesman, the star of the commercial. Smooth taste. So when you pop the top, what's the clue? Don't let the smooth taste fool you. Yeah, don't let the smooth taste fool you. Tonight was bad. Tonight was terrible. But they got a point. All right, now, they weren't so bad that they didn't have opportunities. Again, they had chances to score. You heard two of them. Right off the hop, at the beginning of this, nature's to Aho, Aho coming in. Actually, I played them out of sequence. uh Nature's to Aho was the second one, from uh, nature's pass from the blue line to Aho coming in on the left side, and pass was great. Well, pa- pass wasn't great, but the pass is fine. uh And Aho comes in, and he kind of just lost his balance or uh, a toe, you know, toe pick or something. I don't know what he what happened. But he was falling down, so he shot it over the uh, over the bar. He didn't really shoot it as much as he kind of flipped it. So that's one that went away. The other was the two-on-one shorthanded with Fost and Ajo. And if anything, Ajo is probably a little bit too narrow, probably should have been a little wider, which is what he was with the Natchez in the first goal, the only goal in Minnesota. But Jesper Faust has to be a threat to shoot. Faust was always going to pass the puck back to Aho. If if Faust is a threat to shoot, then David Riddick can't just square to Sebastian. He has to move back over, and maybe Aho has room to just put a routine shot in. But that's not what happened. So it's, this is the age-old Hurricanes thing is get chances and do nothing with them. And I told this to Rod, and I did the research on this, if you care. But Carolina leads the NHL by a lot. It ain't close. In high-danger chances and percentage in a game of high-danger chances. You can call them great A's. We can call them A+. plus High-danger. Natural stat trick calls them what they are. And I think I was getting this number from uh, hockeyreference.com, and the truth is I think they pull their numbers from natural stat trick. Either way, um, we all know that Carolina gets a ton of good scoring chances. But we also, all know, oh, we all also know that the Hurricanes don't finish most of those scoring chances. Well, I think every team doesn't finish most of them, but Carolina finishes a woeful percentage of them. So for a team that is first in the NHL in total grade A chances and percentage within the game of grade A chances, the Hurricanes are also 30th in the NHL in finishing those chances at the tune of I think it's 7.6%. Now, the tops in the league is about 15%. but So the Hurricanes, if you just halved the difference and got to 10 and a, 10%, even forget, forget having the difference, get to 10%, the Hurricanes probably have six or seven more goals. They have like 170 grade A chances this year. So 10% of that is like what 17 and i think they finished in the neighborhood of like 10 so this is where they are right it's it has not been it has not been pretty from that standpoint finishing your chances and if they can just get a little bit better at that some of these other things the power play uh penalty kill was good tonight. We'll get we'll get to that. But they need more. They need more goals. You're not winning hockey games scoring heck, you're probably not winning too many games scoring three these days. I mean you're probably in overtime scoring three. That's the hurricanes were scored three and got to overtime. Hurricanes scored one and we're in overtime in Minnesota. Hurricanes scored two and we're in overtime against Colorado, but the truth is is that you probably need three just to get to overtime. They were fortunate in the last two games, uh, but they were also better in the last two games. Yeah, the Hurricanes were better in Minnesota than they were tonight, Monday night, in Winnipeg. Um, so I'm not, I'm, I'm not putting any stock at all into the comeback and the point and the euphoria and all of it. It was certainly fun. It was certainly... Humorous, but if we're being, if the goal is to be in a position to make a deep playoff run and challenge for a Stanley Cup, tonight ain't it. Tonight is not it. The last 30 minutes in Minnesota is not it. So there are some things to sort out, and we'll try to do uh, that in the next oh, 15 or so minutes. Uh, quick apology. Sorry about Saturday night, Sunday morning. When some of you were walking the dog or uh, making the uh, biscuits, I don't know whatever you do on a Sunday morning, uh, and you might have been expecting—I'm sure you were. Some of you, if you're listening to this, you probably were expecting a Cane's Corner podcast. Uh, it was a family night, and uh, I made the editorial decision that family night was important. So, uh, so there you go. So I apologize for that. So here's this, and there will be in the next few days a. Um, final episode of the 25th anniversary Canes Corner podcast coming to you, and it will be about the best games in Hurricanes history that I talked to uh, Mike Sundheim and Luke talk about, so uh, there is that. All right, let's, Let let me spend just a couple of seconds here going through the goals. Um, and I really, I'm more interested in the first three goals of Winnipeg than I am in the in the goals for the Hurricanes and we only played one highlight from Winnipeg because you don't want to hear Winnipeg score and I don't want to hear Winnipeg score but here's where I think it's important to go through how it happened so let's go to the first goal Pierre-Luc Dubois late first period backbreaking goal really because it was really a terrible first period both ways it was a low-event first period. As a matter of fact, uh, I do the intermissions during the Hurricanes game, and Corey Lavalette was going to join me. You've heard Corey on this podcast before. And Corey texted me with about four minutes left in the first period. He goes, what the hell are we going to talk about? And I just said, well, we could talk about uh, Kochetkov getting a second straight start. That's a topic for us to talk about. And we can talk about the fact that Sebastian Ajo has had all the chances. And Carolina only had a handful of scoring chances uh, in the entire first period, and it seemed like Aho had all of them. So that's basically what I wanted to talk about. It was really a low event period until the Golden. Adam Golden, studio with my man Ryan Monsine from the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. You guys have tons of products. Let's talk about gutters, specifically the gutter helmet. Yeah. Gutter helmets can make it so you never have to clean out the inside of your gutters again. And also, if you need new gutters, the aluminum company can help you out with that too. You don't have to stop get a separate contractor to do the wood rot, the gutters. We can take care of it all. The aluminum company in North Carolina is a one-stop shop. We give free, no obligation estimates. We can come out there, assess what you have going on with your gutters and make a recommendation and make it so you don't have to get up on a ladder and and do a dangerous chore anymore. People don't understand how dangerous it is, or maybe I'm just nervous when I get on a step stool because I'm not very tall, but that product is amazing. The gutter helmet is amazing. Is it one size fits all? Absolutely. The gutter helmet can work on existing gutters, new gutters, five inch, six inch gutters. We can
0: help you with it all.
1: 800-672-4348. Online, aluminumcompany.com for a free no obligation estimate for your gutter helmet. I think this goal falls at the feet of Andrei Svechnikov. Svechnikov has the puck behind the net, and he throws a backhand pass out into the slot to Seth Jarvis. Now, Jarvis is hes not like alone in the slot. He is coming from basically above the face-off circle to the left, and he's, he's coming diagonally to the middle. So he's coming to meet the pass of Svechnikov, but the pass wasn't great, and there was traffic. And ultimately, Jarvis, it either gets deflected or Jarvis just can't handle it. I don't blame Seth there. I don't think it was a smart idea. But when you throw a puck into the slot and don't get it, you're done. Kane's had two guys below the net. Jarvis' momentum taking him the other way. It ends up being a breakaway for Pierre-Luc Dubois, uh, or whatever whoever he is, Pierre-Luc Dubois. So this is going to be a theme of this podcast. Winnipeg breakaway. He scores. One nothing. Second period. Andres Svechnikov picks up a rebound of a shot. I don't remember who took the shot, doesn't really matter. <laughs> skating it in a sort of a semi-circle. We see Nature's do this all the time, but uh, Svechnikov skating in a semi-circle with the puck on his backhand, gets it taken from him, and then, wait, wait for it, Winnipeg breakaway. Kachetkov stops the initial chance, but Carolina's not back, and Winnipeg's all over the net. Ultimately, they pounce on a rebound, and Michael Eismont... We'll just go with that. Uh scores his first goal of the year. And it's 2 0. That was relatively early in the period. It's like six and a half, almost seven minutes in. Third goal. The J line, Jordan Stahl's line. Uh aggressive. You're down two. Aggressive early in the period, trying to go for it. And the the net gets knocked off both pegs. The net is per, like parallel with the goal line, but about a foot and a half behind the goal line, and the Hurricanes are looking for a whistle. Like I don't even know if you're supposed to, if you're supposed to get one, if you have to get one. Um, but with the play going the other way and Winnipeg with a scoring chance, and because it was Martinuk and I guess Stahl that knocked the the net off. They allowed play to go. It's a three on two, and everybody's behind the play. Pe- uh, Pesci and Shea were back, but Martin Nooksall and Fost weren't. And it wasn't even like, like a lightning fast three on two. They had all the time in the world. And Morrissey's the first of two goals for Josh Morrissey uh, from the, yeah, between the rings, right at the hash marks. Boom. 3 nothing. So, breakaway, breakaway, 3-on-2 with not great pursuit coming back. That ain't Hurricanes hockey, people. The overtime goal, it's the worst part of Vajo's game tonight was this. I thought, it's it's hard to explain. Like, I know these guys are good enough to score from anywhere. But possession is... The most important thing in the overtime. We keep, we're like broken records at this point. Aho picks up the puck behind the net, skates around uh, to the left side. It's his strong side. And it wasn't even a stuff chance. Initially, I thought I remembered it as a stuff chance, but he was still sort of skating away from the net and he tries to sneak one in between Riddick and the near post. So it doesn't go. Possession is lost. Hurricanes are at a change. Morrissey's lost on a breakaway goal. Four. So four goals for the Winnipeg Jets tonight. Three breakaways and a three-on-two. All right. <laughs> Excuse me. Rod talks about all the time. About it It isn't just the chances that we get, it's that we don't want to give up chances. What's higher than a grade A? A grade double A? A grade triple A? A grade fourple A? Three breakaways and a three on two. That's what was allowed tonight. All right, best thing we saw tonight not any of the three goals, although those are good examples of what you should be doing. Best thing we saw tonight, for the first time all year, I shouldn't say for the first time all year, because they've had good penalty kill games this year, but oftentimes in those good penalty kill games, they have also given up a penalty, given up a power play goal. So, but I think this was the best game they played on the kill, where they didn't give up a power play goal. Not that Winnipeg's power play is vaunted. I mean it's 20th in the league, Carolina's is 30th and getting worse. What are they now 26-1 for their last 26? 1 for their la- I think 1 for their last 24, I think it is. I don't want to double up tonight. Uh and oh for their last 16 on the power play. It's Really, really bad. Five straight games without a power play goal. Uh, And it wasn't, I mean, it was, it it wasn't good tonight. End of that discussion. But for the first time all, all year, really, the Hurricanes PK looked like the Hurricanes PK. And it took a five on three for Winnipeg to get it so. So Carolina gets a power play. It was, I think it was second period. I think it was in the second period. They get a, they, they get their second power play. It's uh, sus. And then Sebastian uh, takes a hooking penalty. So I think it was 40 seconds into the, maybe a little bit more, um, yeah, a little bit more, Maybe uh, maybe almost a minute into the power play, Carolina gets, they go into the box. Actually, it was beyond a minute. Regardless, the timing escapes me. So Ajo is in the box. They go four on four. And then it's a Winnipeg power play. And then Jordan Stahl is called for tripping. I thought it was a questionable call, but it doesn't matter. To me, it looked like Stahl tripped himself. And then Winnipeg, I forget who it was. It might have been uh, Wheeler, tripped over Stahl. Like, Stahl didn't trip Wheeler. Stahl was there, and Wheeler tripped over him. Regardless, they called it. So it's 5-on-3 for a minute 21. I'd have to go back and look, but I don't think the Jets had any... The best chance was a Mark Shifley shot that Kachetkov made a nice save on. Not an amazing save, but a nice save because he had to get over, and it's Mark Shifley. And it was a low shot, too. It wasn't a high shot. It was a good save. And I think that was the only really good scoring chance. Man, It might have been the only shot on goal in uh, a minute 21 of five on three. But Carolina stood Winnipeg up at the blue line. They knocked the puck down. They cleared the zone. It was a really, really sharp penalty kill. And I'd like to think that that is the impetus for Carolina's penalty kill, returning to what it's been. Keep in mind last year, even when their power play stunk in uh, March, April, then it's the playoffs, obviously. They still finished like 12th in the league, 13th in the league on the power play. So it was still like 23% on the power play and the penalty and the power play stunk for like the last five and a half, six weeks. The penalty kill was a lead all year, and I keep using this as a uh, as a barometer. If you add your penalty kill percentage and your power play percentage together, the good teams are at least at 100. If you're at 100%, you add your penalty kill percentage and your power play percentage. You add those together. If you're right, right about 100%, that's pretty good. Anything over that is like, oh, that's really good. Last year, the Hurricanes were 110. That's right. They were 22% or whatever it was on the power play and 88% on the kill. This year, the Hurricanes are at 92. That's bad. That's bad. And the penalty kill, the power play rather, is going lower. The power play's at like 14% now. We're talking about Bill Peters-era power play putridness. Has to get better. Has to get better. Some of that is there are too many players who just right now cannot score. And we will talk about that in a second. All right, so now let's fast forward. They get to about the six-minute mark. Rod it's seen enough. Uh, Piotr Kachetkov pulled from the net. Whoa! How much time is on the clock? It's like six minutes left when Rod said, "All right, Piotr, Piotr come over here. We need, we need, uh, we need something." And son of a gun, they got it! Absolutely amazing. Sebastianau skates in uh, on the right hand side down the ice. He winds it behind the net. Andrei Svechnikov carries it out to just below. The left face-off circle. I mean, it's just it's just remarkable. He gets the puck to Jacob Slavin.
0: Pionk can't handle it. Svechnikov can Now Back along the boards.
1: And the score! And Slavin
0: puts a shot through with net front in front of Riddick. And the Canes have
1: got on the board with 4.48 left in the third. 4.48 left. It's 3-1. A minute 40 later, same crew on the ice. Aho natures Svechnikov win a battle in the corner to the right of David Riddick. Aho slides it back to Burns at the point. Now Morrissey.
0: He'll lose it. Aho
1: has it. Work back. Burns one timer, No score!
0: Deflected out in front. The Canes storming back. Svechnikov gets the blade to it. And Carolina has made it a 3-2 game.
1: Yep. It is 3-2. 39 seconds left. Puck dug out of the corner to the left of Riddick. Jarvis to Ajo. Redirects a pass to Martin Natchez at the blue line.
0: Good play by Slavin. Jarvis, he'll get it to Ajo. Now natures with they score! Tipped out front. Carolina. What a comeback to tie it at three with 38.8
1: left. Don't call it a comeback. Is that LL Cool J? As my street cred. Um, Here's the thing. First goal, Seth Jarvis in front of the net. Second goal, Svechnikov, and there was somebody else in front of the net as well. Might have been Jarvis. Uh, There, They had two layers of net front, and Andre got the first tip. Right? Third goal, Nason in front. Somebody in front of the net all three times. There are lessons. There are lessons within the game. And that was a lesson. That the hurricanes didn't get a point out of this is immaterial because they didn't deserve a point out of this, but they stole one. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day,
0: you're the ones who get it done. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Now, to some things that are on my mind about this team. Um, let's start with Piotr Kachetkov getting the start. I am not a believer in Rod just deciding, well, let's give the kid another start. I am not a believer in that. Now, I don't disagree with it on principle. If that's what Rod decided, that's fine. But I think that these decisions are made with something in mind. And here's what I think. We would be lying to ourselves if we thought Carolina's goaltending this year was anything other than meh. Freddie Anderson, he's had good moments. I'm not saying he hasn't. It's not like his save percentage is 780. But he's below 90%. And he's hurt now, of course. And we have no idea when he's coming back because you never know with Freddie Anderson. But he's not been great. Certainly wasn't last year's Freddie. Auntie Ronta has been the better of the two goaltenders. And Ronta has allowed a fair amount of soft goals. I didn't love... Like, I didn't think any of the goals against Colorado were bad goals to allow. But, I mean, they also weren't impossible to stop. So, I think Carolina has a goaltending problem. And I think part of letting Kachetkov play back-to-back starts, start back-to-back games, is in some ways to figure out if they had to, if Kachetkov could be a guy, like two years ago during the pandemic season. Alex Nedelkovic at least for that year, got them out of the year. Now, ultimately, Ned is probably a backup goaltender or a bottom third of the NHL starter. He's not winning you a Stanley Cup. But he got Carol. He had a great year, and he got Carolina out of that year. It's very possible we're sitting here going, can Kachetkov get us out of this season? Just something to think about. Because I haven't liked the goaltending. I went into the season, and maybe this is me seeing what I want to see. I don't want to see it, but what I thought we would see. Before the season started, I said on more than one occasion, I'm a little concerned about the goaltending. I would not be surprised if Carolina finds themselves in the market for a goalie when we get to February. I wouldn't be surprised at all. I don't know who's available. I don't know how you fit anything under the cap because uh, right now they have plenty of cap space, but when Max Pacioretty comes back, all that cap space is gone. And we'll get to cap space here in a second. But I thought today, Piotr was just okay. Just okay. And I actually thought the game-winning goal in Minnesota on Saturday night was one that he wants back. I think he thought, uh, Goligoski was going back towards the middle and he was sort of cheating towards the middle and he left a little room on the post. And I think he leaned in rather than stay stay on his post so there was no short side available. And that's ultimately where Goligoski went. All right. Uh, that's about Piotr. I, I otherwise really like him. I don't know what his potential is. Um... I think he could be a better version of Peter Morazic, but I don't know that he's a better version. I don't know that he's a top half of the NHL goaltender. It's my, my opinion. I am not an expert on that, but um, I don't know that he is. He's going to have to be a little bit more consistent, and, um, you know, he allowed all the breakaways tonight. So, oh, yeah, No, I shouldn't say he allowed all of them. He stopped one of them. He allowed two and stopped one of the breakaways. The one they, they ended up scoring on the, the one he stopped, but that's not his fault. He had no chance, uh no no chance to stop the rebound. Uh first goal for Jacob Slavin tonight. Yay. Game nineteen. Jacob Slavin probably should have more than one goal, but he's not paid to score goals. This is where I will bring up my line. He's not paid to score goals, but he also isn't paid to not score goals which means feel free. Mix one in. So Jacob Slavin scores a goal. Here are the following players who have still not scored a goal. And I'm going to leave Jalen Chatfield off the list. Derek Stepan hasn't scored a goal. Paul Stasny hasn't scored a goal. Brett Pesci hasn't scored a goal. Tevo Taravainen hasn't scored a goal. Before you defend Tevo Taravainen, and before you defend Tevo Teravanin, easy for me to say, right? For being injured, he did play fourteen games before the injury. So Tevo Teravanin hasn't scored a goal. Seven games in, Jack Drury hasn't scored a goal. Yes, Perry Coat hasn't scored a goal that he intended to score. He does have a goal, but that was purely accidental. And Andre Kasha, who has only played one game, doesn't have a goal. And I think it's fair to point this out. Not to say that Kasha's not playing well, but that Kasha was part of the answer to the goaltending dilemma from the playoffs and the end of the regular season. And of the three additions to the Hurricanes goal-scoring Uh, conundrum Max Pacioretty has not played Andre Kasha has played one game that's right Max Pacioretty has not played Andre Kasha has played one game and what does Brett Burns have? Brett Burns has what? three goals? four goals? so it hasn't exactly come up roses for Carolina. So, they need more, right? They need a, f- a lot more out of them. Now to the existing players. Stefan Nason, no goals in seven games. Seth Jarvis, no goals in nine games. Kokaniemi, give him his goal. No goals in eight. And he's got three points on the season. You want to amortize the season out? Is that even a word? I don't know. I think I'm. Did I make up a word? I think I used the uh, word correctly. I'm not sure. On pace, Kokaniemi, 13 points. $4.8 million over eight years, 13 points. Four goals, nine assists. Seth Jarvis, on pace for 30 points. 13 goals, 17 assists. Now, I am not quite as disappointed in Seth as I am in Kokaniemi for this reason. I think Seth has played well in flashes. I think there, I think he has shown, I think Seth showed a little bit of this tonight. I think he showed this a little bit in Minnesota. Not as well uh, as much as he did in at home against Colorado last Thursday, because I thought Seth was really good against Colorado. He's obviously very good against Edmonton. Uh, Trip and I talked about that before the game. But I, we've seen some, I think, good stretches from Jarvis over the last couple of weeks, albeit without a goal. And you can play well without scoring. It's been done before. Jordan Stahl did it on a routine basis, or does it on a routine basis, uh on the off chance, he doesn't score, which it's not really an off chance. Um, but also, Jarvis, in a second year, 20 years old, yeah, I could see uh, him going through some struggles. But I'll bet you that Seth Jarvis's numbers by the end of the season are a lot closer to 50 points than 30 points. It's just my hunch. If I set the over-under on Yasperi Kokaniemi points at 25.5 right now, would you take the over or the under? I would take the under. I think that's a problem, and it'll get me to this. And this will be the end of our little discussion tonight. This is where I think it's bad what the Hurricanes did tonight in coming back to steal a point out of this game where they really didn't deserve one. Because I think we are less likely to see consequences from a pattern of really, really unproductive play. And in some cases, bad play. There are two things I would do immediately. Immediately! if I were Rod Brindamore and the front office. The first thing is, Jesperi Kotkaniemi, and he, he ended the game this way, but that doesn't mean Rod's going to start the game, uh, the next game, uh, that way. Jesperi Kotkaniemi immediately drops down to the fourth line. You center the fourth line, don't care who's on it. The second thing I do is, hey, it was all nice, and uh, we, uh, we thought it was a great idea when they brought in Paul Stasny. After the injury to Max Pacioretty, nope, ain't working. Paul Stasny gets waived. Tomorrow, waived. And if he clears waivers, if I'm the Hurricanes, I'm sending him to Chicago. Go to Chicago. He's not going to report contract void. I think, does that work that way? I'm asking an imaginary person hear me, near me. But I don't care. Paul Stasny is doing nothing to help this team. Nothing to help this team. Maybe somebody pick him up for free for a million and a half bucks. He has done zero. And I don't even care if he goes somewhere and haunts Carolina. He cannot play at this pace. He is too slow to play at this pace. He has to play center, and that's bad because if he's playing center on the fourth line, Jack Drury's not playing his natural position, and I think Jack Drury needs to be a center, which brings me to this. Yes, Perry Kokaniemi centering the fourth line opens up an opportunity for Jack Drury to center a line with Andrei Svechnikov on it. Not that Drury has played great, because he has not. But I'd like to see him get an opportunity to play with better players, rather than play with two guys who might be done. I love Derek Stepan, but the last couple of weeks have not been good. So, that line started out great. Last couple of weeks have not been good. So, in my opinion, KK to the fourth line, Stasny, at the very least, to the press box. And I think you can make an argument that you should put Kokaniemi in the press box first, and then put him on the fourth line. Because there needs to be some... There's no extra forwards. With Terraman and Kasha out, there's just no extra forwards. There has to be some possibility of that. All right. My rant is over. We've had fun. We had joy. We had fun. We had seasons in the sun. I gave you a, uh, a commercial, Don't Let the Smooth Taste Fool You, which, by the way, is also a song. I don't know who wrote that song. Uh, and I think I quoted something else, whether a movie or a song, I'm not sure. But it's late. It's time to go to bed. Uh, and again, apologize for Saturday night slash Sunday morning. But, hey, family. All right. Um, next Kane's Corner podcast will be the one following the Hurricanes and the Arizona Coyotes Wednesday night PNC Arena. And then we will have uh, turkey and stuffing and whatever, and then we'll do it again Friday and Saturday. Canes will be Friday in Boston afternoon, Saturday at home against Calgary. Hopefully, by that point, they will have scored a power play goal and picked up a regulation win. We can all hope, right? Until then, we're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. No place like it. Sammy Hanna's crew do a great job. Windows, entry doors, storm doors, gutter helmets, siding, roofing. Yes, they have it all. Follow the Cane's Corner podcast wherever you get your podcast. You can give us a rating and a review. actually haven't checked those of late. Bring them in. Come, let, let me know what you think. Feedback is always uh, welcome. uh, But if you follow it, it just shows up in your phone automatically. So you'll know. You'll be the first to know that uh, Gold chose uh, his wife and kids over you on a Saturday night in November. Good night, everyone. You've been listening to the Kane's Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. The Cane's Corner Podcast is a part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network.
0: Your heart, it's the only one you have. Fortunately, you also have a choice. Expert cardiologists, talented surgeons, highly skilled specialists, all of whom chose WakeMed. Why? The main reason is the same reason patients choose WakeMed. Everything you need for the best possible care is right here. Learn more at WakeMed.org. WakeMed Heart and Vascular Physicians. Your heart, your choice. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus,